You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 31. What's your story? This is Less Drama, More Mama, a podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hey, Mama. I am feeling really excited and motivated about my business right now. Last weekend, I attended a business workshop in Dallas with about 400 other life coaches. It was so much fun, and I came back feeling inspired and ready to take bigger action in my business and offer way more value to my clients and my podcast listeners and people on my email list. Speaking of my email list, if you're not on there, go to my website, lessdramamoremama.com, and when you sign up for my list, you'll receive a free guide and workbook called Stop Yelling, Start Quelling. Three Secrets to End Mama Meltdowns. Kvelling is a Yiddish word that means bursting with pride. And so in this guide, I share with you the top three things that you need to know to stop yelling at your kids and start kvelling over them. You'll also get emails from me with tons of amazing information and opportunities for learning the tools I share here on the podcast. So on to today's topic. I called this episode, What's Your Story? Because as human beings, we love stories. We love listening to stories. We love telling stories. That's one of the ways we connect with other people is through storytelling and passing down our stories from generation to generation. My daughters are always asking me to tell them stories about what my life was like when I was their ages. And our stories contain lessons and information that we want to share with our kids. And the legacy we leave, the way we're remembered, will be through the stories we tell and that others tell about us after we're gone. We tell stories all the time without even realizing it, about our daily experiences and about our relationships and our past we tell them in a way that helps us explain and make sense of our experiences. We're constantly interpreting the events of our lives and giving meaning to them, which forms our stories. And the way we tell these stories is really important because the story of one event can be told a hundred different ways. Think about this. For those of you who have siblings, there are times when you each tell the story of a family gathering or the way your parents handled a certain situation, and you tell it completely differently. Has that ever happened to you? It's almost like you wonder, were we really in the same family? Did we even grow up in the same house? Right? The way we attach meaning to those circumstances determines how we feel and how we show up in the world. If you've ever worked with me one-on-one, you know I often ask the question, what are you making that mean? What are the facts? And then what is the story you're choosing to tell about those facts? What is the meaning you attach to them? Is the story you're telling yourself serving you or is it causing you pain? 
And I've really been paying attention to this lately in myself and the people around me. So let me give you an example. Last Monday morning, it was my first day back to work after a long weekend in Dallas. And when I got in the car, I accidentally spilled hot coffee all over my hand and the front seat of the car. I carelessly didn't check to make sure that the lid was on securely. And Marissa burst into tears when she noticed that the coffee had spilled on some papers of hers. And because she's allergic to my dairy creamer, she was afraid it would get on her. I went inside the house to change my pants, which were now wet. I had to take off my shoes, go all the way upstairs, change my clothes and come back down. I grabbed a roll of paper towels and some spray cleaner. Marissa was still crying over the papers when I got back, and I snapped at her, told her that it wasn't a big deal. This, of course, caused her to become even more upset and more dramatic. So I was cleaning and cleaning the seats, the cup holders, the floor, and everything that got wet with coffee, while Marissa sat playing with her Rubik's Cube the entire time. She didn't offer to help me at all. And when I finally finished and we got on the road, I was 15 minutes behind schedule. Then, on our way home from school, Marissa asked me to get out a timer on my phone so I could time how long it took her to complete one side of the Rubik's Cube. I reached down into my bag to find my phone, and I turned my head toward her, and the next thing I knew, I had crashed into the car in front of us. So Marissa burst into tears again, and kept repeating, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I was annoyed with myself for getting distracted, and I started thinking about how much money this would cost me and how I'd be late getting home where my dad was waiting for us. I pulled over to the side of the road, got out of the car, and assessed the damage with the other driver. And both cars needed repairs, so we exchanged information and went home. And the whole time, I was thinking, It's only Monday. Okay, that's one way for me to tell that story. But here's another way. It was Monday morning and my first day back to work after my amazing weekend in Dallas. I made coffee and I guess I didn't check to make sure the lid was secure. So when I got into the car, I accidentally spilled it on my hand and on the front seat. Marissa became really upset when she noticed that the coffee had spilled on some papers that were important to her, and because she's allergic to my dairy creamer and she didn't want it to get on her. Luckily, the creamer only got on a few of the papers and was contained to my side of the front seat, so none of it got on her or on any of her clothes. And although the coffee was hot, it didn't burn me. My hand was totally fine. So I ran inside the house to dry off and change my pants, which had gotten a little wet. I happened to have another pair of pants that were clean and went perfectly with the shirt I had on. I grabbed a roll of paper towels and some spray cleaner, and Marissa was still crying over the papers when I got back to the car. I snapped at her. I told her it wasn't a big deal, which caused her to cry even more. So I apologized to her when I realized that I wasn't seeing the situation from her perspective and asked her to consider the situation from my perspective, too. While I was cleaning the car, Marissa sat playing with her Rubik's Cube the entire time, which was great because it seemed to take her mind off of things. When I finally finished cleaning and we got on the road, I was only 15 minutes behind schedule. Then, on our way home from school, Marissa asked me to get out a timer on my phone so I could time how long it would take her to complete one side of the Rubik's Cube. I reached down into my bag to find my phone, 
And I turned my head toward her. The next thing I knew, I had bumped into the car in front of us. Marissa thought it was her fault, so I tried to reassure her that it wasn't and that I wasn't upset with her. It could have been so much worse. Nobody was hurt. Cars were both drivable. No airbags had deployed. And the damage was minor. We were so fortunate. I pulled over to the side of the road, got out of the car, and the first words out of the other driver's mouth were, how are your kids? Is everyone okay? She was super sweet, and when she saw that Marissa was upset, she seemed truly concerned about her. We exchanged information. Her name was Sam, and I'm Pam. And then when she saw my driver's license, she said, oh my gosh, we have the same birthday. It was very funny. We were both laughing and chatting. And after we exchanged information, we went our separate ways and we made it home at five o'clock, which was the exact time we were supposed to meet my dad. Okay, can you see the difference? I could choose to tell that story either way and either story would be true. But which one serves me more? I could choose to focus on all the negative aspects of the morning and the day and how it felt like I was such a victim of one thing after another. Or I could choose to focus on how incredibly blessed I am. At any time, you can choose to rewrite your stories. At any time, about any story. I actually did this about my divorce with help from one of my own coaches, and it was so powerful. It really helped me release so much of my suffering. You know, at first, I made my divorce mean that I was a failure that I was a fool for not seeing certain red flags and for trying so long and so hard to make it work. I told my story over and over, which only reinforced in my brain that I was a victim and he was a villain. And so in my relationship with him, I kept showing up with a victim mentality. I was always on the defensive. I was always trying to protect myself from feeling like a fool And I was always looking for evidence to prove my thought that I was being fooled. I rewrote my story with my coach, and now I just make it mean that we were young and figuring out marriage for the first time, right? We were figuring each other and ourselves out. My ex had issues that had nothing to do with me. I didn't want my kids to go through a divorce, so I kept trying to make it work. I was committed. I was determined and strong. I was hopeful that we could work things out. And ultimately, he chose to end the marriage. This new story feels equally as true. And when I tell it this way, I feel more confident, more capable, stronger, and less victimized. I feel more compassion for myself, but also for him. And now I can just relax because my brain is no longer scanning for evidence that I'm a failure and that the divorce shouldn't have happened. Of course it was meant to happen. It was always meant to happen. How are you telling the stories of your life? What story do you tell about your marriage? What story do you tell about your kids, about your job, your childhood? Are you telling yourself the story you want to tell yourself Or are you mostly focusing on the negative? Your brain loves to do that, right? It loves to look for negativity to try to keep you safe. It's always in survival mode. 
That's why you need to pay attention to your thoughts and redirect your brain to what you want to focus on on purpose. The more you focus on and think about what you don't want, the more you're going to get what you don't want. So many of my clients come to me with stories about their kids or their husbands or their childhoods that they've been telling for years and years without examining them and deciding what they want to think and believe and focus on. If you notice that anything in your life is causing you pain, it's because of the story you're telling about it and you get to change your story. You may not be able to change the facts of your story, but you can change what you make it mean to you now. It's all optional. I want to encourage you to do this exercise. Choose an event from your past that was painful for you, that you've told the story about many, many times. Write down the story you've been telling. Then separate out the facts of the story. Remember, facts don't include your judgments or opinions. If you write down, my child was disrespectful, that's a thought. That's part of your story. Write down exactly what your child did or said. That is a fact. And then for every fact, ask yourself, what am I making this mean? And what else could I make this mean? What is the story I want to tell about what this means? Retell the story where you are the hero and not the victim. Write down your new story and read it as often as you need to until you know it well and you can release the old one. Another thing you can do that's helpful is to tell the story from the other person's perspective. What might they have been thinking and feeling when they did what they did? Your brain is your most powerful tool. When you use it consciously and in a way that serves you, there's nothing you can't handle. Everyone has a story. What's yours going to be? Do you want help rewriting your story? Let me help you. I'd love to help you. Schedule a free mini session with me at lessdramamoremama.com. And remember, I only offer three mini sessions a week. So go get on my calendar now. And if you found this episode helpful, please share it with at least one mama friend. Let's spread the message of less drama, more mama out into the world. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com. 